You remember Mountain Dew soft drink commercials on TV a few years ago? Uh, full of energy, weren't they? I mean, teenagers flinging themselves over the mountaintops. Waterfalls over mountains, around deep ravines they go on their bikes or whatever it happens to be. And at the end of the adventure, what did they do? Slam down, guzzle down a Mountain Dew. Ah, remember that? Yeah. Quite a commercial series that we still remember that. Well, the series depicted a popular social trend, not only then, but one that has continued on to today. And that is doing extreme adventures. Extreme adventures. Now, happenings, events. A lot of great things going on. Now, if you've ever watched the Discovery Channel on TV, you may recognize what I'm talking about. Extreme stuff. Whether it's extreme sports, uh, such as rock climbing, that's, uh, that's not for me. Mm -mm -mm. Uh, and who knows what else? Parasailing, treacherous African rivers kayaking down. Who knows what's going on? A few years ago, there was a fad out in California. I mean, where else? It seems like California always has them. Kind of caught my eye, and I thought, no, this can't be true, but apparently it was. It's a version of soccer, you know, with the World Cup soccer going on right now. Well, this particular version of soccer is they played with uh, a fire, barefoot, fiery gasoline-soaked ball. <laughs> now, supposedly this extreme sport, and I would call it that, originated on the island of Java, where it was played as a martial arts exercise. Kicking a flaming ball around is supposed to help players confront their fears. Give me a hot foot, I think. Well, sports aren't your thing. How about extreme fashions? You see any of that stuff around us today? Now, there's one. I know we'd have to have a little beer pews to get that thing in place, right? You know, uh, I'm just wondering how many of you have holes in your jeans this morning, right? You know, isn't that the thing? And if uh, athletics and if fashion isn't your thing, how about body art? Tattoos. Now, isn't, isn't he a gorgeous-looking guy? I mean, every mother's and father's dream child for their daughter. That's being judgmental, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, I read that not only can today's trendsetters stick metal objects through their eyebrows and nose and navel and more private parts, they can now pierce their heads. Tiny posts can be inserted just under the scalp into which can be screwed spikes, giving the fashionable skinhead a metallic mohawk. I mean, one can opt for small reptilian spikes or four-inch spikes. Sounds a little extreme to me. But that's the point, isn't it? Extreme sports, extreme fashion, extreme adventures may make some of us shake our heads in wonderment. I mean, don't you sometimes wonder why folks are, are doing these extreme things? Well, I think I found, I came across a little cartoon that showed a teenager who had a nose ring and baggy clothes and spiked hairs. And I think he explained why. He says, I don't really like dressing this way, but it keeps my parents from dragging me everywhere they go. I, I think that explains a lot. Now, not everyone is into bizarre or extreme behavior or appearance, of course. I mean, many young folks, in fact, are as traditional as their parents' attitudes and activities as they were raised with. 
In fact, when Gen Xers were asked, if you were just stranded on a deserted island, what or who would you most like to have with you? Interesting survey results. The results read like this. 10% uh, said they would want TVs, more screens of some sort. 15% said books. 21% computers. 24% music. And, surprisingly enough, 29% said their parents. Whoa. Apparently, the so-called generation gap is most families is not nearly as wide as might be imagined. And, and I like that. Now, I do think that most folks need some adventure in their lives. I think that's true. Otherwise, life becomes potentially boring. Obviously, this need varies from individual to individual. Otherwise, uh, they get just preoccupied and run out of energy in many cases. There was a, a southern lady, her name was Mildred Sedell, uh, and she was a very independent gal. Uh, this was at a time when gals uh, had more limited options, and she was a journalist who worked for the Atlanta Constitution newspaper, and that was at a time when there were few women doing that job. Well, Mo Mildred spoke for many women of her day when she said this, I'd much prefer to set the stage for adventure than set the table for dinner. Okay. Well, you contrast Mildred's attitude with that of Barbara Rush. Barbara said this, I don't mind taking a risk as long as I know that everything turns out okay. I guess that's more my attitude. Well, my guess is that Mildred and Barbara don't have the same threshold for adventure. Now, some folks' idea of roughing it is, is hiking the Grand Canyon, going down on donkeys down there to the bottom of the pit. Others consider roughing it spending the night at the Holiday Inn rather than the Hyatt. I don't know, are you familiar with the adventure travel trips that are popular today? And they're all over the place, going and doing stuff rather than simply sightseeing buildings and pretty things and places. Uh, well, Janie and I, in fact, are, are looking at an adventure trip to Italy this next year. True. Spending time in a rural villa digging truffles and cooking at a Tuscany-style meal with one of the families, host families in their hundreds-of-year-old farmhouse. That sounds exciting to us. And then my brother called about three weeks ago, proposing that Janie and I join he and his wife on a horseback dude ranch adventure this coming spring. That actually said, yeah, okay, that sounds pretty good, actually. Uh, well, a new twist to this adventure travel world, I'm not going on, by the way, is advertised by an agency that will allow tourists to tag along with bounty hunters. Going on a manhunt, reads the text. Bring a, a bulletproof, bulletproof vest, it says. This week-long international bounty hunter ride-along costs $1,800, not including transportation, food, or lodging. And after qualifying and signing a waiver, participants help conduct surveillance. They watch as, quote, bail enforcers. Apparently, that's what bounty hunters are called. They kick doors and nab fugitives. Now, although a bust isn't guaranteed, the advertising says, the tour leader says there's a good chance clients will see action. Well, at last report, there's a waiting list of guess how many? Over a thousand folks eager to tag along. Well, the need for adventure, for risk-taking, varies from person to person. Obviously, extreme sports, extreme adventures can be dangerous. 
In fact, more folks are killed skydiving than playing croquet. Are you shocked? No. But the consequence goes much further than extreme sports. Don't you wonder how many folks commit crimes simply to escape boredom? Some of the inner city statistics that we see seem to bear that out a bit. And I wonder how many folks, young and old, experiment with drugs or drink themselves into a stupor for the same reason. I wonder how many extramarital affairs grow out of the same need for stimulation. It seems the need for adventure, for taking risks, may be the underlying factor in many of the most heartbreaking tragedies in our land. And this need seems to be affecting a growing number of folks. Interestingly enough, though, some of the greatest people who have ever lived have been risk takers. Because there is truth, you don't change the world by playing it safe. You don't improve a lot of humankind by saying, what? Here's an advertisement that was in the news. This is true. This is right out of the newspaper. It says, men wanted for hazardous journey, small wages, bitter cold, long months of complete darkness, constant danger, safe return doubtful, honor and recognition in case of success. Does that get your attention? Signed by Ernest Shackleton. That was back in the early 1900s. Uh, the explorer Ernest Shackleton. I and mean, he was looking for men to help him discover the South Pole. Well, the ad drew 5,000 candidates. 5,000. Now, Shackleton was once asked, why do you want to go to such forbidding ice-covered continent? And he paused and then replied, the fascination of placing the first footmarks. Okay. Well, I think when you think about it, I can understand that a bit. I mean, you think about the people who have placed footmarks on our history. You know the list, and your list probably goes much longer. Folks like John Glenn, or Alan Shepard, Krista uh, McGaffrey, uh, Charles Lindbergh, Amelia Earhart, Christopher Columbus, Martin Luther, Galileo, Augustine, St. Paul. You can think of a bunch more, probably, can't you? Well, then you go back to our text for today from John. John the Baptist adventures and the apostles and the disciples. Think what risk takers Jesus' followers were in those first centuries after Jesus ascended into heaven. I mean, they faced the possibility of death daily for their faith. And historically, at least supposedly, most of them, 11 out of the 12, did die because of their faith. I'm guessing that if there is a sin that you and I are probably guilty of, probably many, but one in particular, is that we probably play it too safe when it comes to our faith. I mean, our world has been moved forward by risk takers, people who have followed their convictions regardless of the odds, regardless of the opposition, regardless of the danger. And so we have extreme sports, we have extreme fashion, we have extreme adventure. Well, I propose to us this morning, I want you to look at and consider another extreme thing for potentially your life, extreme faith. You see, the reason many modern folks seek out danger is life for them is too safe, too secure, too few frontiers left for them to conquer. 
Too few dangers that we have to face. And so lacking outside threats to their security, some folks have to manufacture danger in order to give them a sense of excitement, a sense of being alive. So they have to engage in extreme behavior to forget their emptiness within. Well, here's my proposal for us this morning, my friends. I want to offer you something that can fill a potential emptiness in your life. It's called faith. Faith. But not just any faith. Christian faith. That Christian faith, that is the knowledge and trust in Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord. Now, this faith is, is so crucial, not only for you individually, but the world needs it. But here's the big twist of what I'm proposing this morning. It's this. It's faith that must be acted upon. Sounds pretty simple. I mean, you hear it week in and week out from us. But, you know, I seriously think that we've made being a Christian too easy today. Too easy. Therefore, I think we need to be offering folks the opportunity to risk life and limb for Christ, as did the early church. You know, just maybe we need to give folks the challenge and the opportunity for danger, as did the great missionary movements that have, have swept through the church throughout the centuries. You know, I do believe we've made being a Christian so convenient and so comfortable that our faith has lost its edge. Because I believe a faith that demands too little will not grab hold of the passion that many folks need in their lives today. The famous film director, Franco Stefan really announced he was planning to make a film about the life of Christ from his birth to his resurrection. Film stars around the world offered their services. Some traveled thousands of miles to location sites in Tunisia and, and Morocco. While James Mason, he journeyed from Switzerland to play the role of Joseph of Arimathea. Rod Steiger, he left California to play Pontius Pilate. And Laurence Olivier, he flew in to fill the role of Nicodemus. Many big stars played in minor roles. Claudia Cardinelli was the most determined of the stars, it turns out. She persisted in asking the director for a part in the film. And when she was told all that remained was the part of the adulteress whom Christ forgave, she said, of course. So she flew from her home in Rome to Tunisia, arrived on the set on a very hot day, put on her makeup and her costume, spent five hours in the blistering heat before the cameras, and the sum total of her speaking part, three lines. Three lines. But she was willing to pay a high price in terms of personal discomfort and sacrifice in order to say a few words in the film about Jesus. Maybe, my friends, we've made it all too easy. That's a shame. I mean, think about it. Folks are risking their lives today simply for the purpose of getting high. People are mutilating their bodies just to get others to notice. And yet there's a world out there that still needs to be saved by men and women who understand and who are committed to Christ. I'll tell you about Sammy. Sammy was a young man, maybe 12, 13 years old. But he was a young man who, from earliest days, was committed to serving God. And wow, what a difference he made in the lives of people and nations. Now, Sammy lived about 3,000 years ago. Sammy, whom you might know better by his given name, Samuel, the prophet. 
Samuel had been left at the temple as a small child by his parents to serve as an assistant to the priest Eli. Well, as we read the story about him one night as he lay in his little cot, his bed, Samuel heard his name being called out and being uh, the diligent young, young man he was, he first thought and assumed it was Eli who was calling him. So he got up and went to Eli and quickly said, Eli said, I didn't call you. And quickly, Eli realized it wasn't him calling Samuel, therefore, it had to be God. You see, Eli knew enough to give this advice to young Sammy. He said, son, go and lie down, and if he calls you, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went back, lay down in his place, and listened. Well, what happened? Sure enough, his name was called again. The Lord called his name, and this time young Samuel responded, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. And the Lord spoke to Samuel. And here's what he said. See, I'm about to do something in Israel that will make the ears of everyone who hear it tingle. In other words, God was saying to Samuel, I'm getting ready to really shake things up in Israel and cause some excitement in this land. And I want your help. Wow. You think God got Samuel's attention? Uh-huh. And the world has been affected ever since. Well, guess what, my friends? Here's kind of the takeaway for you and me today. Samuel's call is God's call to every generation. He's saying, I'm getting ready to cause some excitement in this land. And I want your help. And you know who he's pointing at? You and me. I mean, just think about it. If enough of us answer, as did young Samuel, great and exciting things are going to happen. Wow. What do you think? You up to it? We're in a tough world. Christianity is under attack today, especially in the West. It is still, just for encouragement's sake, for you to realize Christianity is the fastest growing religion in the world. In the world. Not necessarily in the West, but in many parts of the world, it's growing by leaps and bounds because it's the power of God in folks' lives. Well, suddenly, doesn't extreme adventures and extreme fashion seem pretty tame and somewhat irrelevant? Suddenly, my friends, you and I, if we recognize who we are, that we're in tune with the mind and the heart of the universe, God, that's a big deal. That means every day can now throb with you being alive with God, simply because of what you know and what are you going to do with it. You see, you and I are being offered and challenged to get the most important knowledge the world has ever known out to a world in desperate need. You think the world needs what we as Christians have to offer? You betcha. Because you have the information about Jesus, the Christ, the only one who can and has given mankind a way out of the messed up world in which we live. You know Jesus Christ, right? That's why you're here this morning, otherwise you wouldn't be. You know that it's only through him that there's any hope for people. You know that only through Jesus' death on that cross 2,000 years ago, that your sin, my sin, have been paid for. His death instead of yours. And you also know that unless you tell the others about Jesus, They'll miss out forever in God's love, forgiveness, and heaven itself. Wow. You want a challenge? 
Don't go for the body parts. Figure out ways of getting the message through to folks that Jesus is the ultimate answer to your life, now and for all eternity. Be bold. Be creative. I'm not telling you how to do it, but telling you to be thinking about it. How can you do it where you live? Maybe you go to Africa. Maybe you stay in your own backyard. About 125 years ago, there was a mission society that used to, kind of like what our Missouri Synod does in sending out missionaries around the world. About 125 years ago, a mission society wrote to one of their great missionaries who was serving in Africa at the time. David Livingston, you know of him? Well, Livingston um, was, received this message from them. They asked him, have you found a good road to where you are? If so, we want to know how to send other men to join you. Well, Livingston wrote back this. He said, if you have men who will come only if they know there's a good road, I don't want them. I want men who will come if there is no road. My friends, Christ is still looking for men and women like that today. Folks who will come, even if there's no road at all. Better than extreme sports, more exciting than extreme fashion. How about extreme faith? God wants you to actually use the gifts and talents. You don't have to share something you don't know. You don't have to do something you're not capable of doing. That's not what it's talking about. But whatever you got, you can share God's extreme love, his extreme forgiveness with a world that's dying. So be a risk taker, my friend. Do it creatively and boldly. with the strength and power of God available to you and me. I don't want us to give up on life, to play the ain't it awful game, because it's not, it's wonderful. And you can face the issues of life successfully. Let God work in your life. Be bold and creative as you be that arms and eyes and hands and heart of a loving God for a world that needs what you have. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.